Today's September 11th, the Bucks lose the series to the Bravos. But did you know that the inside part of the plate is not allowed? Let's talk jeers, cheers, and tears. It's the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh, and well, you just got me. No Jake this week, and I was too lazy to get anybody else. Too, I'm going to say too busy because it makes me sound better. But it's probably a little more like too lazy. However, here we are. Brave series. Jake was down at the game in Atlanta on Saturday night, and which is the best night to go for the weekend, which was Saturday night. And I, I actually, I think just right out of the gate. I mean, we talked going into this series, if the Pirates could go there, get one game, that we'd be pretty satisfied and uh, that's exactly what they did. Um, once again, excited, maybe not the word, right? But satisfied or content or whatever is probably more like it. Uh, I will blame Jake a little bit, though, however, because when we talked about getting one game in this series, I mentioned that Friday night was the game to get just because of Keller going, and he said Saturday night was the game to get because that's the one he was going to. Um, He got his wish, and we got to see Mitch Keller give up eight runs. So we can all blame Jake for that, and he can't defend himself here today. So that's what we're going with. Everybody together, blame Jake. However, we can also blame Jake for bringing a win on Saturday uh, and bringing the offense. Pirates scored two runs on Friday and Sunday, but Saturday, able to put together a a, a pretty good offensive game, scoring eight runs and getting the W. Um, Mixed bag this weekend. Mixed bag. Uh, We say that a lot about this team. I think that's probably a pretty fair assessment of this team as a whole, uh, at least for the 23 season, is that it's, it's a mixed bag. And I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Uh, what do you see? Highlights from this week, um, or weekend, rather. Sawinski's homer, number 24, on Friday night. Uh, Reynolds and Peguero go yard on Friday. No home runs on on Sunday. But really, Friday night was was really the only game that, that felt like we just had no shot. Uh, you know, Mitch Keller gives up four runs in the third inning, all on singles. You know, as good as this offense is, Atlanta, as good as the offense is, one thing that we forget to to kind of pay attention to is the fact that they're not afraid to just hit singles. They don't strike out a lot. They swing early in the count, and we've talked about that before. 
And because of that, sometimes it's a little less, uh, you know, they're okay with maybe, I don't want to say light contact because they do hit the ball hard, but they're hitting a lot of singles. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, until the fourth inning when Acuna hit his home run and Rosario hit his home run, um, you just have one other extra base hit in this game. And that was Arcia, uh, also off of Mitch Keller. But it just felt like 12 hits, three of them extra base hits, and they're just fine with singles. That scores runs, guys. You, you get guys on, you move them up, you score runs. And this team scores runs uh, better than most. And they kind of showed us a little glimpse of that all weekend, really, but, but in particular the Friday night game. Uh, Mitch Keller's line, five innings, 12 hits, eight runs, four strikeouts. He did give up the two homers. Um, we'll need something better than that the next time he goes out. out. Uh, but Elder was good, struck out nine guys. Like I said, Sawinski hit the two-run homer. Uh, G1 Bay and Key Brian Hayes add doubles as Hayes continues to at least do something every game despite having two strikeouts in this one. Saturday night was the fun one. I'll probably talk about this one last because that's the one they won, and I get to decide when we talk about it. Is that all right? I think so. Luis Ortiz, five and a third, just three hits. He only gives up one run. He did walk two. He does not strike out any. Part of that is the Braves and the fact that they were swinging. Um, Luis Ortiz, very efficient. Five and a third through 73 pitches. Same thing. You can say that it's them swinging early or you can call it efficiency. It just depends on how you want to dice it. Colin Selby was really the one that, that kind of got beat up in this game. Um, kind of blew it open. The Pirates were in control this game. I mean, barely, but they were in control this game through six and a half. Uh, Selby comes in and... Uh, you know, four runs in the seventh inning off of Selby. He doesn't even finish. He only gets one out. Hatch gets him out of the inning, goes ahead and throws the eighth. At that point, the game was pretty much over. Um, it didn't have to be. Uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. The game was pretty much over. <laughs> uh, Pirates were not able to score any except for the two runs they scored in the sixth inning. Reynolds, a double. Sawinski, a double. Palacios, a triple, and that's of the seven hits. All seven hits for the Braves in this game were singles. Once again, just talking about not being afraid to hit singles. And it's enough to get you five runs doing that, uh, you know, with some walks sprinkled in as well. A walk, really, because the four runs, but... But those are the two losses. Um, anything else here? Reynolds did have two hits on the day. Palacios, a couple hits. Um, outside of that, Hayes and Sawinski just get the one. Bay gets a hit. Um, but Reynolds, actually a nice weekend. As we go into Saturday, Reynolds did have three hits on this day, triple shy of the cycle. Hayes had a hit. Uh, it was a double. Andujar. Andujar. Andujar had three hits including a double. Uh, Andy had a hit. Paguera, I mean, everybody. 14 hits for the Pirates. Excuse me. Brian Reynolds and 
Leover Piguero had the homers, and Piguero's just crushed, which was really kind of the final, the final blow. Gave him the four-run lead. Uh, Bednar finished the game. Obviously, not a sight, not a not a save situation because of the four-run lead, but uh, shut it down. Seemed easy enough. Sawinski two stolen bases in this game. Acuna caught stealing and also stole a base. But the real story of this game was Johan Oviedo. If you were watching the game and you were like me, I couldn't help but think that he was throwing really well. But that's not what it looks like. I felt like his his command was a little off, which is fine if you... I think there's a way that you can miss off the plate without walking too many guys, but miss off the plate, and it's better than missing out over the plate so long as you can avoid the walks. Well, he only walked one guy, and it was Acuna, I believe the first batter of the game, right? He started the whole game off walking Acuna, and, I mean, he only went three and two-thirds, so, but still, he faced... Um, 21 hitters, and he walks the first one and not the next 20. So he was, the command wasn't there, but it also wasn't out over the plate as much as you would, as much as you would think. But there in the first inning, Acuna throws a fastball on the inside part of the plate to Acuna, which you have to do or else he will eat you alive. Misses a little bit in, but, I mean, really just barely off the plate. He throws it again, just barely off the plate. His third pitch was the called strike on the outside corner. Fourth pitch, ball inside, off the plate a little more. The first two were barely off the plate. I want to say that again. The third one came inside, but it was in the same location as the first two. He's just missing... Uh, he, he's missing that that four seam inside. And Acuna kind of takes takes notice at this point. And by takes notice, I'm underselling it. He got upset. And Oviedo did not shy away from this moment. And I thought that was really impressive because first and foremost, he's just working inside. There's absolutely nothing wrong with what he's doing. And for Acuna, let's give him the benefit of the doubt here. He figures, if I talk, I mean, Acuna is one of the the stars of this game. The game of baseball, not just this particular baseball game. Like, of the MLB. Especially this season. And so for him to, for him to maybe, to, to maybe speak out in this may intimidate a young pitcher like Oviedo. So, I, you know, benefit of the doubt, he's trying to get into Oviedo's head a little bit. He's trying to maybe get him to, to be afraid to work inside to him. Now, that's beneficial to Acuna because if then Oviedo is nervous to come inside, he'll leave something out over the plate and Acuna gets to hit another home run in this series. And... Uh, Oviedo was having absolutely none of it. And, I mean, kudos to him. And I know everybody 
that listening is all about that. You want that mentality on the mound. However, he walks him on the next pitch. Low and away, almost was like, okay, is he going to be afraid to work inside now? Even though he, he was able to run his mouth and stand his ground, you know, you thought about it a little bit. Certainly don't want to hit him right there. I mean, bench is clear. This is the first hitter in the bottom of the first inning. And, you know, he he's going to do what he's going to do. If he's trying to get into Oviedo's head, I don't, I don't hate it. I'm just like, okay, let's see how this let's see how this progresses. The game continues and he gets up again. And it's the same story. He he ends up was it his second at bat? He ends up throwing inside again. I'm not even sure if it was if it was his second at bat. I'm trying to remember here. Ball one looks low and away, fouls one off down the middle, which that's probably the four-seamer where he wanted to go inside, didn't, right down the middle. Ball away, he gets a base hit. This is this was the flare, um, the flare on the slider that he, that he singled out to right field, so not his second at bat. But when we get to that fourth inning, he gets another at bat. And this is kind of where I felt like, you know, maybe he took issue a little bit. He goes up and in. Once again, barely off the strike zone. And he glares down at Oviedo again. Or maybe it was the pitch, the fourth, the four-seamer, the, the, the ball three goes inside on him. He backs out of the way again. He looks over. And if I'm happy about Oviedo kind of standing his ground in the first inning, I'm way more happy about the way that he took the glare from Acuna, and he took Acuna running his mouth a little bit and just laughed. He just laughed at him. Acuna complaining about these pitches inside. By the way, not even, like, the one in the first inning, significantly inside. Certainly was not trying to throw at him, uh, and that was clear because he continued to miss on his fastball. But this one in the in the in the fourth is not that far inside. And we saw, I'm trying to think here, we saw Arcia kind of really exaggerate a pitch inside at one point in this game. We saw Rosario, I believe, do it. We saw Albies kind of lose his balance on a pitch inside at one point. And we also saw Austin Riley, who's crowding the plate, get hit which was ultimately the end of Oviedo's day. Uh, but one thing I'll say about Oviedo when he hit uh, Riley was he, he taps his chest and essentially apologizes to Riley twice, saying, like, I didn't mean to do that, right? And they all get mad. Now, Acuna, back to the Acuna bat in this inning. <sighs> He gets the base hit that gets him within one during this at bat. Right after he does, there's a called strike um, on the outside corner. And then he throws the four seam lo low out of the zone, really walks uh, walks Acuna there. But Acuna is able to, to hit it to right field for a base hit. And then runs to first base, holding, you know, making the motion as if he's holding a baby. We all know this, um, you know, it's the whole, he's my baby, 
uh, type thing, which is flat out. It's it's dumb. I I don't like it. There's nothing I like about it. It's poor sportsmanship. It's showing the other team up. It's all the things that I don't like about, you know, being excited about the game. Be excited about your single. You got within one. You set things up so that you could tie the game. Um, but essentially, it, it's a jerk move. And, um, you know, it shouldn't be celebrated even though the league still celebrated it. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. I lost a little bit of respect for Acuna in this game. There is absolutely zero reason to get upset about any of these pitches. He's simply working inside. <laughs> There's absolutely nothing. He has to be able to work inside. For you in the first inning, the very first hitter, the leadoff hitter, for you to say something to try to rattle the pitcher, I'll give it to you. you that's just part of the game, too. You're trying to get in his head. You, you don't mind speaking up. You don't mind, you know... Um, you don't mind any of that, but as this game continued, it wasn't just Acuna necessarily because a couple other guys kind of made a big deal about you know their position whenever uh, whenever it was inside. They they kind of made a big deal. They were a little dramatic, a little dramatic. This team was, I think, in the playoffs. If you're if you're going up against the Braves, uh, throw inside. Uh, just go ahead, throw inside. They only scored four runs in this game. And mostly on singles, I would throw inside. I I think that it it truly bothered them. Uh, the manager comes out after Riley gets hit, which is after Albies gets a single and then Riley gets hit by the pitch. Um, and once again, Oviedo shows that he was not intending to do it. We've already said o Oviedo's fastball command was not there. It ended up hurting him here. Uh, actually hitting Riley. Um, the game was tied at this point. You loaded the bases. Is that right? Yeah. You loaded the bases by, on the hit-by-pitch. They bring in Barucki, who gets Matt Olson to, to pop out. But Snicker comes out, makes a big deal about it. I don't really have as much of a problem um, with him kind of coming out and defending his players. I think that's a reasonable thing to do. They were upset. He's got to come out and uh, and kind of defend them in that way. But I also don't know what the other... Um, I don't know what any other outcome was going to be. Like, the pitcher was already coming out. He'd already apologized. You know as well as anybody, Snicker, that that pitcher's allowed to work inside. So for him, it's simply standing up for your players. At least benefit of the doubt, it is. I didn't watch any post-game interviews about it or see if he was truly upset about the Pirates throwing inside. But, uh, man, talk about making a lot out of something that's nothing. A guy's command was a little bit off. I've heard the argument say, well, if you're in the major leagues, you ought to be able to throw inside and, you know, not be wild. I didn't think it was like he wasn't terribly wild he missed with a couple pitches those first two to Acuna were not they were barely off the plate the one that was inside to the to the lefty um I can't remember who which one it was just barely off the plate and the dude fell down it's like don't crowd the plate 
That's 101, man. You crowd the plate, you're getting something inside. The only reason you fell down is because you were dramatic. It was barely inside. One of the pitches that one of the guys made a big deal about might have even been over the corner and high, but it might have been over the plate. And they still, ah! <laughs> So you want to get the Braves rattled, work inside. Work on the corner, work just off the corner. Get them uncomfortable. But don't, you know, when they got hurt, they missed out over the plate. Really bizarre to me. That's how I felt about it. Really bizarre. I felt like it was extremely uncalled for the way that they, the way that they handled this situation in Atlanta in the, anyway. Um, and as far as the, <laughs> as far as the, the, the Pirates side, they just let it all play out. They just stayed out of it. I don't know if part of that is being maybe passive because <laughs> we are critical of that sometimes too. Or if they were just like, let's just see how this goes. I mean, there's nothing, literally nothing wrong with any of the approach in any way from Oviedo. He just didn't have pinpoint fastball command. That doesn't mean you're not allowed to work inside. That in no way means you're not allowed to work inside. And anybody who says, well, if you're in the show, you should have, sorry, Every pitcher who's been in the show before has had days where it's not there. So unless he's like that every time he faces you or he has a track record of hitting people and throwing at people's heads, then you have no ground to stand on by making that argument. If it's a consistent thing and happens every time he goes out there, that's one thing. But that's not the case with Oviedo. So you're crying about nothing. And it was crying. It was crying. There's no doubt about that. And the Pirates won this game. So did, you know, did you get in their head? Did you mess with them? Is that sort of something that they're going to see more of if they keep doing it? I was actually very surprised. And I saw a couple MLB uh, sites or podcasts or whatever, a couple different ones, who, who posted this, uh, the one in the first inning, the you know, and, and some of the reactions. And I was surprised to see the comments from just other baseball fans, not Pirates fans. We're looking through a, a certain lens. So we're all saying, what are they complaining about? But we all have the same glasses on. We're looking at the lens, through the lens of a Pirates fan. For me to look at what other teams were saying, and even some Braves fans were saying, was basically, this is Acuna. He cannot stand people working inside, and he complains about it every time. I was surprised to find that out. I mostly only see highlights from Acuna. I, I'm, I've always been incredibly impressed uh, by his play and, and obviously the results. Did not know that this was part of his game. It's really unfortunate. It's unfortunate. He is a, a rare talent, uh, but that was... It was bizarre. It's like he doesn't know the game, and that can't be true. So I, I, I just I have no other conclusion other than he's crying about it. That sucks. He's still really good, but you can't cry about pitchers working inside. You just either get off the plate, uh, 
and you won't have to deal with it or just deal with it. They're going to come inside and it is what it is. I, t- to me, a guy like Acuna, who, by the way, has 64 stolen bases. Did he get one? He wasn't. He didn't get one today. No. 64 stolen bases this year. Why are you not getting hit more often? That's a free base, and then you get to keep stealing? How many times has he even been hit? Is this like something that's happening a lot to him? That's the one thing I just can't understand. Hit by pitch seven times. It's not like incredibly abnormal. He was hit 10 times last year and nine times the year before. Nine times in 2020. Is that a big number? Let's take a look. I'm going to pull up. I seem to remember uh, Jason Kendall got hit a lot. So what does it look like to be someone who gets hit a lot? And why is that not just a normal statistic that's on baseball reference? Hit by pitch. It's the only thing I'm looking for. Guess I'm going to have to go to like advanced batting. Still not showing me hit by pitch. Oh, no, it's in the main one. I mean, we're talking 31 times in 98. It's double digits every year. 31 times in 97, 20 times 25, 19, 20, 12, 13, and 17 later in his career. I mean, this is a guy who gets hit by pitches. You've gotten double digits one time in your career. That doesn't seem to be like worthy of really having a big problem. Let's talk about the main guy. Craig Biggio, starting in 95, 22, 27, 34, 23, 11, 16, 28, 17, 27. I mean, like every year at least. Now, there were some smaller years early on, but looks like when he started changing things and really became a force. He was getting hit by pitches. He decided at one point, I'm going to be on the plate, I'm going to be aggressive, and I'm going to get hit by pitches. On-pace percentage is great. But Acuna is not getting hit by an otherworldly number of, of pitches. I guess I don't know like what it looks like today if we just hit a lot more people back then. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't even, I didn't prepare to look that up. So forgive me for not having the, the league leaders. Although it probably wouldn't be too hard to pull that up. You know what I mean? I could probably do that pretty quickly. This is MLB regular season. And we need to get that hit by pitch statistic there. Yeah, I mean, Ty France for Seattle, 30, is leading the way this year. Sean Murphy is hit way more often. He's he's tied for fifth with 17. Just a lot of players. I mean, that's the top 24. We're not even there. I mean, we've got guys 30, 20, 19, 18, 17. Like, the top 10 are all 16 or more. And... Sean Murphy is at you know in that five spot, and there's not another Brave on the top 25 list here, or 24, I guess, because it's all 11 tied for 24. So top 30, there's not even another Brave. 
still not. We're at number 45. And there's Ozzy Albies at 54th place in the league with with eight. Well, I thought he had I thought Acuna had nine. No, it was only seven this year. There he is. 65th in the league and hit by pitch. And he's gonna complain that much about it. There's a couple guys on this list. One guy on this list that I don't even know. I don't even know who he is. And he's been hit more than Ronald Acuna. All right. I'm beating it in the ground at this point. But the idea is it's not like he gets hit all that much. Uh, just uncalled for. Uncalled for. That's uh, sad. He's a great player. And that's a shame. All right. Let's move on from this. Um, you know, Brian Reynolds is, is, is he had the, the one hit Friday, three, five, so six hits over the weekend, um, spent Friday at DH, Saturday was Andujar, and it was, it was Key Brian on Sunday. We talked about uh, Kutch being out and how they were going to kind of rotate this DH spot, and it looks like they're going to continue to do that. And I like it. It's a good way to use it. It's a good way to use it. Man, I'm just really worked up about Acuna. Hmm. Okay. So anyway, um, this is going to be a little bit of a quicker one without without Jake here today. It's 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 a little late on Sunday. We had a birthday party um, for our daughter. Turned nine today. So we did a birthday party. Watched the game during the party. Um, it was like a it was like a tea party at a coffee shop. So I spent you know I spent the ninety uh, percent of it in this room that's right beside it, watching everything go on. Also watching the game, watching a little football on the TV because football, the NFL started this week. Glad to hear you're still tuning in, even though we're well into football season. I get it, but we still got baseball. I know the Pirates are out. But for those of you who listen, we know we're still watching for some things. So let's talk a little bit about Washington the week ahead of us. And um, we'll kind of get through this episode a little bit quicker this week. Patrick Corbin going for the Nationals on Monday against TBD, of course. And then we've got Yoan Adong going on Tuesday against TBD. TBD and TBD facing each other. And then on Thursday, the 1235 Watch While You Work game is Josiah Gray and Mitch Keller. Nationals have had their struggles this year, kind of going through a little bit more of the same that they've been doing all year. Uh, Two and eight in their last 10. So doesn't feel like they're they're necessarily all that hot right now. Uh 64 and 79 showing that they're not much different than the Pirates are either. At 66 and 77. So keeping an eye on on the Pirates and and what they're doing here in this month. I've lost my tab where I had the schedule 
So that's good. It's exactly what we needed. However, I think the Pirates are still... We still doing all right this month. We're still just are we are we at five hundred? Are we one game up in this month? Um, still one game up, five and four uh, for the month of September. So it's a good sign. But we've got Washington, and like I said, Washington not necessarily been playing great. Patrick Corbin a five twenty three ERA. I haven't looked up the pitchers of what they're doing, but Adon five fifty six, Josiah Gray four thirteen, Gray. Probably, uh, and really Corbin at any moment could just have a great game. Uh, so, you know, we know that's there. We will see Keller this week. We don't know who else we'll see uh, on any of the games <laughs> for some reason. We've got nothing. I'm going to refresh this page to see. No, still nothing. Still nothing. So, we've got no idea. I We're back home in Pittsburgh. I, I don't see why... Uh, why we couldn't expect anything less than a split, uh, kind of keeping us up. It'd be nice to take three, maybe you know get this offense going a little bit uh, against the Washington pitchers, but don't work inside. Will will they care? We don't know. We don't know if they'll care or not. C.J. Abrams starting to hit a little bit better though. Um, <laughs> don't really know much else about their lineup to be honest with you. Like I said, um, kind of a busy day. I didn't even mention we get home from the birthday party and my wife and I went to a wedding tonight. So about ready for bed. About ready for bed. See what they can do against the Nationals this week. And uh, we will talk again on Friday. Man, I wish I had this schedule pulled up. Let's see if we can pull this up. Because we've got the games. We've got the Yankees series this weekend. That's right. Roberto Clemente Day on Friday. So, six-game home, seven-game homestand. Um, we're down to the last 10 games at PNC Park this year. I don't know if I'm making it back. I don't know. I talked about going to that Yankees game on the 16th on the Saturday. Not sure yet. We'll have to take a look at what else is going on. See if maybe we can get there. However, I do need to show this off a little bit right before we get out of here. I got this picture from Jake at the game. And we got to show it off. <laughs> I got this text from his wife saying, I can't stand your brother. She said that uh, when there was two outs in the ninth on Saturday's game, he stood up and began to unbutton his City Connect jersey to reveal the Raise It shirt underneath it. Uh, to paint the picture, her her and her whole family were all there. They're all Braves fans. And I guess they laid it on pretty thick prior to the prior to the weekend. So I think he had a little bit of fun with it. <laughs> so you can all give Jake a little round of applause there, but pretty fun. All right, guys, that's all we're gonna have for for this Monday episode. And um, we're going to be back on Friday with another one before the Yankees series, hopefully with some really good news about the series with the Nationals. Thanks, guys, for sticking around and hanging out with me. If you're watching on YouTube, give it a like, comment on it, put an emoji, whatever, subscribe, all that stuff. If you're listening on audio, please just subscribe to it so that you're notified when new episodes are out. 
all that good stuff. I know Keely's going to tell you all that same stuff, so let's give it to her. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridged Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks! <laughs>